dynamic voices for a diverse church. This is Pass the Mic. Greetings and God bless. Welcome to another episode of Pastor Mike, Dynamic Voices for a Diverse Church, powered by The Witness, a black Christian collective. I'm your host, Tyler Burns. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BurnsClan. Follow at your own risk. And joining me is the founder of The Witness, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, the two-time best-selling author, Mr. Blue Check Verified himself, Dr. Jamar Tisby. What's going on, fam? It could be Reverend Doctor. I mean, you were at the ordination, but... Whatever, you know, we'll take Doctor it. Dr. Jamar it. <laughs> <laughs> What's good, fam? You good? Um, I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. Excited about today's episode. It's, it's something I think about constantly. You know, we have been talking about 10 years at The Witness, and we've, talking about, we've been talking about it from a movement standpoint, from an organizational standpoint, and that's all well and good, but I actually want to talk about us hmm. because- who we were when we met in 2012 is not who we are now. And you <laughs> so, laughing because there have been some pretty significant changes yes. in our lives. And I think it would be helpful for us to reflect on the fact that we're different, yeah. that the movement doesn't, isn't just uh, theoretical or mm. idealistic, but it's personal mm. and it changes who we are as people. Mm-hmm. So that when you're on your journey of freedom... It's not just the people around you who change, you change. Yeah. It's not just the the people who are a part of the movement that change, the leaders, quote unquote, change. Right. right? Um, and, 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 you know, I was looking back at these pictures, right? <laughs> I was looking back at these pictures of the first photo shoot we did together. And I remember saying, wow, totally different. But also not totally different in aesthetic and appearance, mm-hmm. but also totally different in mindset, mm-hmm. in personality, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hopefully, prayerfully, in emotional health, uh, in spiritual yeah. maturity. What are some of the, the spaces where you've seen, or, or talk about progressive change first, though. Yeah. Talk about yeah. change while at the same time being a part of finding yourself in freedom. Because I think that connects with everything. Leave loud, kind of the movement of decolonization, deconstruction. People are trying to find themselves. Yeah. Right. They're trying to find who they are supposed to be in the midst of all of this. Right. Right. So I think, first of all, to frame it in in doing the podcast past the mic and in doing the website for the witness. I think what we came to discover along the way was that we were on a journey of liberation, Mm -hmm. that we were in pursuit of freedom. I don't think personally I could have named it as such back when the witness started 10 years ago. But it became apparent that that's what we were doing. And then so much of what we've done now and are doing is, okay, how do, how do we lean into that liberation? Mm-hmm. How do we experience more and more freedom to be who God created us to be? So even that understanding is a, a progressive kind of uh, yes. unfolding yes. of our identity and, and who we are. So that's a big one. The other part is understanding our place in the sense of we were in a place of unfreedom Hmm. that we thought was freedom. A false freedom. A false freedom. Right. So, so to, to say, you know, in what sense are we free now or how have we changed is to presume that we were in some sort of state of unfreedom before. You know, I think, and this is why I think reflection is so important and so good is because oftentimes in this journey, you can start to believe that you're never going to get to the place you think you should be. Hmm. And this is something I've been having conversations with people about 
and, you know, kind of to put on my pastoral hat, one of the things that people can't see from where they are is how much they've grown. Like they can only see a glimpse of it, but you have to have somebody outside of you, which is the purpose of community to actually be able to say you're different than you were or you're growing or you're, and I feel like somebody needs to hear that actually. Like you're, you're growing, like you're progressing, like you're not, you're not failing, like you're not, you're pushing and striving towards something and you're coming out of something and stepping into something. And because of that, that's a very uh, tense process. That's a very frustrated process. That's a very um, oftentimes exhausting process, but you are growing. (laughs) So I think that's such an interesting observation because it raises that age old question Can people really change? Do people really change? And I think the answer is yes, but it's in a direction that we don't reflexively think about. So change is not sort of becoming someone different or someone outside of yourself. Change is actually going into your authentic self. So exactly. Change isn't doing, it's being. And this is the issue. Okay, we're about to get really deep. But is this the issue, right? So so the issue is we associate change with what we do, which is a fruit and a product of what happens on the inside of us. But first, the being has to change. And the danger with changing in this season and in this moment and in this social media space mm. is we feel like we have to do something to prove that we change. Mm. Or what I've done is going to show that I've changed. Perhaps you won't be able to do anything that reflects that you've changed for a significant period of time. But that's not where the change starts. And that's not where the change deepens. The change deepens inside of you, in your being, in who you who you become, not necessarily what you do. And, and that's the thing is most people think they need to have some sort of tangible proof to show to people that proves that I've changed, which is the, the issue, the fundamental issue it with how we think there, of change. Yeah. Yes, it's the fundamental issue of how we think of change, which is we have spent so much time proving ourselves to others, and now we think we have to do that again. Mm. That freedom looks like proving ourselves to others in a different way. Mm. That freedom looks like proving something shifted on the outside. That's the thing. Not that something transformed on the inside. Yeah, we exchange one yoke for another one. Exactly. Yes. yes, (laughs) Exactly. So I, I can think of a way that we've changed as the witness and that I think judging from comments that we've received, many of our, our listeners have changed or on the journey is not seeking the approval of the same group of people that you sought approval from. Yes. And that's huge. Yes. And that may not look externally very different. Yes. But your attitude toward, okay, these are the gatekeepers or these are the people I need to appease or these are the people whose, you know, groups I need to be in on, that has changed. You no longer feel that same obligation to demonstrate your worth or your yes. bona fides to yes. them. And that is incredibly yes. liberating that is taking a massive spiritual, mental, emotional burden off. But externally, it might never show up in, in ways that other people notice that much, except maybe you feel <laughs> freer. Maybe your attitude is a little better. Maybe you're a little less angry and stressed. That shows up externally, but it's really that posture change of who am I here for? 
to please mm-hmm. and and whose opinion really matters. I think of this, I always think of this whenever I think about the approval of people, this Luke 4 passage where, you know, Jesus is having this moment where he's saying the spirit of the Lord God is upon me, quoting mm-hmm. Isaiah, reading the scroll in the synagogue. And, and it's always interesting how he closes it and it says, today, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. And then drops a mic, goes, sits down. Mm-hmm. Everybody's looking and, and they're watching him and they're like, yo, isn't this the guy? And they're amazed. And then in the course of the conversation, they go from amazed to angry. Mm. And he's trying to, isn't this Joseph? They're like, isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't this Carmen's son? Who are you? Ain't he from Nazareth? Uh-huh. And it was, it was so interesting. They recognize him by his former, mm. former self. Mm. And Jesus corrects. And in his correction, what happens? They they're angry and sense and they try to kill him. (laughs) Right. And so I think sometimes like we don't understand that oftentimes a lot of the opposition that we face is proof again, not so much that we have done something different, but we have become something different Mm -hmm. in the eyes of other people. Mm -hmm. And that by simply no longer putting our identity or our association or our reputation through that group of people, that that fundamentally makes them angry and upset. And that actually the progressive change isn't that people no longer get upset. It's that how they get upset doesn't affect the convictions you stand on. That's right. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Right. You don't take a step back because they got upset. I'll say that is seldom enough for us to sort of sit in a room, change our minds about something, and then go live it. Like, it just doesn't work like huh. that. So That's good. What I've found in this journey, particularly with the witness, but, but all over life, it's our community and our association. Yes. That yes. when those change, yes. we start to gain the confidence to live out the convictions that we hope we could. So, for instance, um, if I was still in the PCA, let's say, right, the pull to appease certain people, mm-hmm. the pull to act a certain way, speak right. a certain way, hold certain views would be almost insurmountable, almost irresistible, because that's your whole community. Right. So, part of, I think, what facilitates change in the direction of freedom is getting around people who are living in the kind of freedom that you desire to live. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But? (laughs) Yes. And also, I think, recognizing that that circle is much smaller than you think it is. Massively. <laughs> because, because yes, I do believe there's places for us to belong, but I just, I really do want to emphasize that it is hard and it takes time and it takes a lot of work and effort to find yes. that space. I think some people think, oh, well, if I'm, you know, I'm starting talking about justice, people gather around me. That doesn't necessarily mean that those are your people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that's another thing that has changed a lot about me is I'm so, so much more careful about who I call my friend. Mm. And I'm so much more careful in who I give access to yeah. in my life. Um, and and I'm not perfect at that, but I, I think that is something that I've been very careful. I'm very careful about the energy that I put into relationships. That's and so right. I think maybe the difference that has changed also in the context of then to now is boundaries. Yeah. 
right? I've recognized the, the benefit of boundaries and the that necessity. Yeah, the necessity of them and how even as a as a believer, I think we we are we are told things in a manipulative way that says you can't separate from certain people. That's right. Because that's not gospel or that's, that's not this thing. or that's not that. When those people, these are people online, you can't block these people. Why not? <laughs> what why not? Well, according to whom and what? So now I'm not reflecting Christ's character because I will not let people just accuse me falsely without repentance. What is this? They're not part of my church. This is my Facebook. Mm-hmm. I don't want to moderate my comments. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. Be blessed mm-hmm. and be blocked. Mm-hmm. And back then I wouldn't have done that. I would have been like, ah man, well you know, we just, let's get in the inbox. Let's have a conversation. And another thing is, <laughs> based upon. Because I know that that my pursuit of healthy community and boundaries will take energy and time, my emotional budget does not have time and money and energy to spend getting in the DMs uh-huh. with people and going back and forth about, well, what about this? What about that? Well, what about this? Well, here's the thing. And, and overly explaining myself. I'm, I'm, I'm not teaching you. Yeah. I'm yeah. testifying. Mm. And if you don't like my testimony... That's okay. <laughs> That's fine. That's totally okay. But what I'm saying is I'm not going to spend time teaching you about something you can go and look up yourself. I'm just going to testify to the thing that is going to encourage the people who are walking with me. And that has been a major shift. My emotional budget and how I've budgeted my emotional energy and my back and forth. I want to save them for things that matter. For the people who I know I'm going to have to be in relationship with or community with. And that capacity, I think sometimes it can trick us in that emotionally manipulative, spiritually manipulative sense that, no, we need to establish healthy boundaries for our soul's sake, (laughs) right? For our emotion's sake, so that we are not caught up wasting time and wasting energy. And I know that still, this is the funny thing. It still offends people when I say that. Yeah. Even people who listen to the podcast, they're like, yeah. there's no way, no, no, you, you gotta, you gotta bear with them and do this and do that. And I'm saying, listen, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm saying that there are going to be people, the inevitable reality is there are going to be people that you cannot save or change or rescue. Just, and you gotta be okay with that. And it's biblical. And it's not even just Old Testament biblical. It's New Testament biblical. Mark 6, oh, Jesus yeah. sends <laughs> right, yeah. the two... <laughs> It sends them out two by two and says, go preach the gospel. If they will not receive you, kick the dust off your sandals and move to the next town. What would you say to Jesus about saying that as instructions to his disciples? Oh, Jesus, you got to stay there and debate them and, yeah, and, and write, a, write a point for point, point counter point them. blog. Yeah. Don't cancel the mass cancel culture, run amok. Jesus, don't fall and into that. Honestly, honestly, look at the way Jesus interacts with people and the way he modulates his response is based on their humility or their hmm. pride. Hmm. So he has zero patience for scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees who want to maintain their power and their status as we are the arbiters of what is orthodox. Yes. yes. We set the boundaries of who's in and who's out of the religious community. And when they try to test him, Jesus... He, he don't play. Verbally slaps him. I mean, like, just smacks him down each yeah. and every time. But when you look at how he relates to people who are marginalized hmm. or oppressed hmm. or people who are repentant, 
and mm. humble. The care. Is totally different. The care. And they are not yet Jesus followers. Hmm. They are lost in so many ways. But because they're willing to listen, because they're willing to hear the truth about themselves, he responds differently. So why would it be different with us? That's so good. Is what I'm trying to (laughs) say. That's so good. So I always say to people, like... First of all, y'all don't know my, everything. I don't say everything on mic. Right, right. And most people don't realize how much contact I still have. Right, exactly. With white exactly. evangelicals. Yes, like yes, real yes. contact, like like in right, church and, right. and friends and all they think, of that. You know, it's so funny, man. People think we live in segregated lives. And just out here like, like we're, we're in the black Wakanda coffee shops. Or something. You know? Where are the black coffee shops? <laughs> you know, I was like, no, we still. It's like, you know? fam, ain't no black coffee shops in Pensacola. Like, what's one? But uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. man, come on. Yeah. Like, we haven't escaped this. We're, stuff. we're not. We're not. We're not saying we don't spend any money any any place else or anything. Like, we're we're human beings. Like, we have lives. Like, yeah. but we are saying that when it comes to deep emotional connection, we have to be strategic about yes. this. You know, another thing that I would say, man, is I think what's changed a lot for me in that regard is. I have stopped obsessing about arriving. Mm, say more. I have stopped stopped obsessing about this mythical place where I'll have figured it all out hmm. and I'll have reached the zenith of my quote unquote career hmm. or my calling or I'll be in, in, in that season where everything comes together. I've realized that that may never come. And that may be by design <laughs> to, to keep me from being settled in a moment or an idea that says I made it. And so I've, I've, I've kind of shifted my idea from, oh, I need to get to the place where I made it. And now I'm saying I'm making it. Mm. I'm saying for the rest of my life, I'm going to be making it. Like for the rest of my life, I'm going to be learning. For the rest of my life, I'm going to be coming to new arrivals and new moments and new points. I'm going to be going from faith to faith and glory to glory. I'm going to be reaching for the for the mark, pressing toward the mark of the high calling. I just have no, I, I don't obsess about, well, when's that moment going to come? Maybe it does. Maybe those moments come, right? In small ways. But I don't know if there's like a life moment where it'll be like, you know what? There it is. It's done mm, now. Mm. And I can sit back and, and rest. This is what it's all been for. It's not a movie. And I feel like that that actually has taken so much pressure off of me to produce something and to produce a thing and to produce a moment and to produce a a, a time or produce anything that. Um, may never come and I shouldn't even really be worried about to begin with. Let me just, let me just continually grow. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, it goes back to what you're saying before. It's not about doing, it's about being. Uh, but you, you can actually speak to this too, because you've made it. According, <laughs> right. And that's see, but see, that's why you're laughing. <laughs> right. Right. Why are you laughing? Like, that's it, the thing is like, yo, you've made it. If anybody's made it, it's you. Yeah. I mean, my first book was a New York times bestseller, totally unpredictable and you, unplanned, but you, you made know, it. Nowhere to go but down from there, right? And it's, then <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying, though. But that's the that's the thing. That's me. Uh, like immediately, that's how I know. I get to that place, and it'll be like, well, that was nice. <laughs> and I think people need to actually hear that from you because it's like, 
it's not what you think it is. Um, so yeah, you go from one new season of issues to another new season of issues, right? So, so there's never a place of arrival to where you won't have problems of one sort or another, right? Hang on, let's talk about this a little bit more after the break because I think I think we need to get into this and I, this arrival point is really resonate with me. So, we'll pause for a break. We'll be right back here on Pass the Mic. This episode is brought to you in part by Baker Publishing Group. Most of us don't want to spend our lives being time wasters, space takers, binge watchers, or game players. We want to be difference makers. But maybe we make changing the world a little more complex than it really is. Making a difference isn't measured by a viral post or a name on a building. It isn't determined by a following or a fan base. Want to make a difference? Focus on just one person at a time. That's the secret of the way of Jesus. In his newest book, One at a Time, Kyle Eidelman invites us to better understand the surprising habits of Jesus and the power of small things done with great love. He challenges true disciples to fully commit to the unexpected Jesus way of changing the world by loving people one at a time. Baker Bookhouse is pleased to partner with Christianity Today to offer a special discount on your copy of One at a Time. Visit bakerbookhouse.com by February 28th, 2022 and use promo code 1-2022. That's O-N-E-2022 to receive 40% off with free shipping. Hey, Jamar, you know, we have been doing Pass the Mic for about seven years now. That is, I don't know how many episodes. A lot. (laughs) Millions of downloads. I mean, so many sessions. And we still love doing this, right? We absolutely do. I am amazed at how much energy we have. I think it gets better, like fine wine over time as we do it. That's what we tell ourselves. Yes. (laughs) Touch and agree. (laughs) I want us to do this for another seven years. And to do this, we are needing the audience's help. Yes. We need your help as listeners to fund this incredible work here that we're doing at Pass the Mic. And they can do that through our Patreon community. Yes. Would you consider becoming a patron of Pass the Mic for just a dollar an episode? One dollar. You can support this work. Go to patreon.com forward slash pass the mic. M-I-C. Patreon.com forward slash pass the mic and fund and fuel this work for the next seven years the next seven years the next 10 years who knows the next 50 years if the lord okay. should tarry <laughs> we are excited about We're gonna be holograms work. yes we will but you can fund it at patreon.com forward slash pass the mic thank you all so much for your help and support thank you So, yeah, there's never, I mean, we're, we're constantly looking for that point where we're not struggling. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So that's it. Right. I've, I think I've accepted, I've accepted, hmm, I've accepted necessary struggle and I've made peace with it. That struggle is part of it, part of life. I've made peace with it. That's changed dramatically for me. And that's huge. And I've made peace with um, 
the presence of deep pain alongside mm. incredible progress. Mm. I, I said this recently that oftentimes we don't we don't really understand because I'm kind of walking through this right now. We don't really understand how much we flatten seasons to mean oh everything is successful. Like our best seasons are filled with sorrow. Like success and sorrow can be siblings. Mm. Right. And in our seasons, what happens is there can be the presence of incredible, great success and wins and deep sorrow and pain and that they can coexist. And that oftentimes it's not a turning of a moment for us. And maybe one day it will be, but it's not right now. So the the analogy I think of is my wife is one of the most organized people I know. And is a planner yeah. and likes planning, right? Yeah. In ways that I hate, That's you know. Um, what makes her so good is that she expects problems. Hmm. Whew. What makes her so good is that she can sit, you know, months before an event, map out everything down to the last detail, and know that in the execution, something will always go wrong. Wow. But walking in with that expectation gives her the ability to flow and roll with it in a way that people who think, well, I planned it, I expect it to go this way, and there's not going to be any problems. And then when there is a problem, the world comes crashing down. So it's that it's that attitudinal shift of saying, like you're saying, um, joy and sorrow are siblings. In this life, the Bible says, in this life, you will have trouble. You will. Right. I was just here, here's another thing. This is this is related in all kinds of ways. I was just at an event for John Perkins, who's a living legend mm-hmm. of, of civil rights history and activism, started Christian community development. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Brother absolutely. killed by police. He hated God for a season and then became a, a, a staunch Christian to this day, 91 years old. And in the kind of work that he does, you're like, but what did you accomplish? Hmm. Because here we are, you know, in the 21st century dealing with voting rights. Right. Trying to protect voting rights, which you were doing back 50 years ago. So have we made any progress? Here's what stood out to me. This was probably his last book, just given his age and everything. Yes, yes. And... The people who came out to this virtual event spanned all different races and ethnicities, all different sort of faith persuasions and things like that. And what stood out about this man, John Perkins, is not what he accomplished externally, but the kind of person he has been for decades. Hmm. That's what people are remarking about. Hmm. Hmm. Faithful. Hmm consistent, hmm. loving, yeah. open, that becomes, so then there's no, it's not about arriving at a certain level of success, professionally, right. economically, whatever. It's about always becoming hmm. the person God means for you to be. That's good. And a life well lived is somebody who's on that trajectory consistently for their entire lives. And you know what's something that is so good? You know what's something that connects to that point, which is going to kind of be a little bit random, but is a little bit different than what we've, um, that we're going to go from John Perkins to Jadakiss. 
We're going to go from John Perkins to Jadakiss. Naturally, to, of course. That's can we what go to Jadakiss? was thinking. I loved when in the verses with uh, Velox and Dipset, hmm. uh, Jadakiss uh, looks across at them and they they having this argument. It's in Madison Square Garden. COVID was in the in the building, um, hot hot and hot and heavy, on and popping. But they were in Madison Square Garden, and Jadakiss says something, and it really it really kind of embodies what's new about me that I'm I'm embracing and finding that's okay to embrace. He was like, "Listen, it's New York. It's the mecca. This is hip hop. Um, these dudes ain't you know." They don't know their own words. They rapping over they 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 words. And so he plays the um the freestyle. I think it's the Who Shot You freestyle. Mm. He did a Who Shot You freestyle. Mm. And um that he had done years ago, which was incredible. And so he like pausing the DJ runs it back. He said, Hold up, hold up, hold up. He said, Listen, I don't do Twitter. I don't do IG. I don't do all the stuff that they do. But this, this is what I do. Mm. And, and it's so, I have embraced over the past 10 years, I think, for real. This is what I do. And it's okay to say that. Mm. <laughs> like, it's okay to say, God gifted me in this area, and this is what I do. And That's I'm going right. to strive to be the best that I can be in this area, in these disciplines. And not that I'm not, I want to be insufficient and deficient and you know, completely inept in some other areas, but that I can stand up and say, no, this is what I do. And be confident in that and know that this is what God called me to do as a reframing of my own mind to say, since this is what God called you to do, do that. Like that's shaping how I plan the next year of the witness. Mm. Like, what do I want to spend my energy on? The stuff that, the stuff that I do, right? Yes, I know like the organization is going to be so much broader, but when I think about stuff that keeps me up late at night, that I dream about, I want to do the stuff that I dream about and that I can do and that God created me on the earth to do, right? I, I think it was Benjamin E. Mays uh, who said, Every, everyone has something unique and different to do that if they didn't do it, it would never get done. Right. <laughs> right. Everyone has that thing that if you don't do it, it, it's, it doesn't. It doesn't get done. And I think I've always assumed over the past really eight, nine years of being a part of the witness that somebody else is going to do it. Mm. Well, yeah, we, that would be good, man. Somebody should do that. <laughs> you do it. You the somebody. It's you. And why don't you, why don't you stand up and say, this is what I do. This is how I will do it. God has gifted me and graced me here. There have been results. People affirm the gift. I'm walking that thing and I'm going to hone it to the point where it's dope and it's the best it can possibly be. I wouldn't have said that four or five years ago, maybe not even two, three years ago, but I'll say it now. And for the folks who are like me, who are still wondering what they're going to be when they grew up, grow up, it's okay to have a, this is what I do right now. Of course. Mentality, right? Oh my goodness. Because yes. it could change. It could change. And I think you're, we're constantly in a, in a process of discovering who we truly are. And that's going to happen at different points. I mean, it's, 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 it's a constant thing, right? But as far as what we do externally and people becoming certain about this is what I do, this is what I'm good at, that's going to happen at different points for people. And it's going to last for different seasons, 
right? So anyway, I just want folks to know that like- Of course. That's part of the journey and that's part of the change. And, and some people are going to get to that realization at earlier points or different points, right? Um, but once the point is once you get there, stand on that thing. Why are we afraid to live into it? Why are we afraid? This is what you do. And everyone has that thing that they do. Everyone has that thing, that unique. And even if you haven't necessarily found that thing yet in the in the specificity, there's still a general theme yep. of, oh, this is what's happening. I'm people building. Mm-hmm. Or I'm using words everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. Or I'm always serving. And I'm mm-hmm. creating, you, you know, creating unique ways to be able to serve people better. I think the final thing I would say, Jamar, is when we think of freedom, I'm no longer, and this is kind of a newer thing, I'm no longer trying to prove freedom to people. Huh. Man, you say, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm doing the things that freedom causes me to enjoy. Huh. <laughs> right? It's different. So no longer like, man, I'm free. You know, you used to do stuff. Like, I was looking at this picture, right? So I had this picture uh, in the Rand staff. And back then, I had a mohawk, right? <laughs> so I'm looking at this mohawk picture. I'm like, I don't know why I did that. I have no idea why I did that. Like, I, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I didn't, I didn't even enjoy it per se. It was just different, mm. and so I mm. didn't want to be like everybody else. Yondu, <laughs> not because I wanted to be Yondu, but like I was doing something different, and I was just like, oh, okay, well, I guess this is the thing. So I guess you know, you do it a little bit different than everybody else, and so, so I was trying to prove my difference. But now I'm like, I enjoy my hair. Mm. And because I enjoy my hair, I want to wear my hair this way. I enjoy out of the freedom that I have. Not I'm trying to prove to you that I'm yeah. free. So let me do something random and wild and right, different. Right. And that's that's part of that spiritual maturity, natural maturity, you know, growing up, all kinds of things. But I'm not trying to do that anymore. Right, right. I'm trying to do that anymore. Like, okay, you 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 think I'm free? You don't think I'm free? Cool, whatever. I want to do what I enjoy. I want right. to do what I love. I want to do what's in my bag. I want to do that. What gets me up in the morning makes me excited. I want to do it. Says, yo, I like this on me. I love this, and it's, I'm not trying to do it to prove. I'm just trying to do it because I like it. It's like the it's like the high schooler who who dyes their hair pink or something. To <laughs> right, rebel. just random. Yeah, I don't have to follow your rules. They're doing it to prove that they're free in some way, shape, or form. Right, as opposed to what you're talking about, which is. No, I'm just doing it because I enjoy it. I, I'm, I'm doing the things I enjoy. You know, Trevor Noah talked about this, the, the TV host. So during the pandemic, he was broadcasting from his home. He grew his hair out into an afro. Yep. He was wearing hoodies every time. Yep. And then he was on an interview and they were like, okay, now that we're sort of, you know, we've got vaccines and you're thinking about going to the studio, is it going to be like it was before? And he went all sort of philosophical reflective on why do I have to wear a suit? Why do I have to cut my hair a certain way? Why does this format necessitate this sort of appearance or uniform or these standards? And he's like, I might never go back. And so far he hasn't because he found that those strictures and those restraints were not something he needs to pay attention to. Right, right. He doesn't have to follow those rules. Hmm, hmm. And now he's he's exploring what's more authentically him, right? right? And I think that's, by God's grace, where we're moving toward, you and I, where the witness has helped us move toward, is doing things not to prove that we're free, because then you're not really free. You're still trying to pr- please people. And you can do, And you can do that. 
and do the deep theological work and do the community and you can do it all. Like y'all, you you can do all of it. You We can do both. And I know people want to pick apart one side of it. We can do both. We can do it all. Um, that's the black Christian story. That's the black Christian experience. That's the history that we stand on. And I, I love that. I love us so much because I've never felt more freedom to be myself and to know that my story is unconventional. I've, I've never had my story more embraced than in this moment. Huh. I've never had my, all of me, the parts that are like, ah, <laughs> Are we working on that? But man, I love you as a person, Mm. right? Like I've never had that happen more than now. And so I I think people need to live and walk and, and sit in that freedom. I think that's, that's, that's what's changed about us over the course of the witness that freedom looks different and we're still pursuing it. To me, it all comes back to that passage. Fear God, not people, you know? Yep. Freedom looks like when God's approval means more than anyone else's. And when we lean into that, we lean into who God truly created us to be. And then the other people around us will look at us and say, they're living differently. Hmm. They got a different attitude about them, a different spirit about them. You know what? They're free.